I've got problems. Can I tell you how messed up I am? Oh, I'm, I'm glad this is a safe place. So <laughs> I have some weird quirks and I'm growing in this uh, thanks to my Amazon Kindle, but I am a really poor packer. I do not pack for a trip really well. Clothes, fine. Shoes, fine. Pack light. And I, I rarely go on a trip where I think, oh, I wish I had uh, packed less. I didn't need these t-shirts or jeans. Those are perfect. It's the books that get me in trouble. The first time I came home from college, I packed every one of my suitcase in my suitcase. I had a whole suitcase. The weight limit back then was 75 pounds for uh, for one check-in bag. Back when you had free check-in bags, so I had one bag of books and one bag of clothes to go home for Christmas vacation for a couple weeks. And the sad part is, the the bag of books it was too heavy. I had to take. 10 pounds of books out of my book bag, which was really a suitcase, and put it in with like the five t-shirts that I packed to go home to Christmas vacation. Um, those things would get in the way. And uh, you know what? That's not even the worst of it. My carry-on bag was so heavy because it was packed with books because I just knew I was going to study. That's the crazy part. I didn't touch any of them on my on my Christmas vacation. I was convinced I was gonna get ahead and all that. So I've got multiple layers of things I'm working through and I'm hoping there's something in your life where you can empathize and you're not judging me too much. But on that journey, I was weighed down with way too much stuff and I didn't have the wisdom even to know what to put in my bag. And uh, for the past couple of weeks, uh, I've been thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. And we introduced some, some thoughts about this last week. And if you missed it, all of our stuff is on YouTube and on podcasts. And I highly recommend if you want to jump in or catch up on the conversation, you can catch up there. But this week, we're going to continue talking about what does it really mean to follow Jesus. And our, the main text we're going to use today comes from the book of Mark in chapter 1. And I want to read three verses to you, starting in verse 14. It says, Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into the Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. You could go a million different ways with this passage, but I want us today to focus on three vital commands just in these, in these, uh, in these verses. Uh, so if you're taking notes, it's repent, believe, and the third one is come follow me. All three of these things, to be clear, are invitations to live in a new reality. We still exist in this world, but we're living in a new reality that Jesus called the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is, is where God's in charge. So we're living in this earth, but we know God's in charge and we're going to live by God's rules, not by anyone else's. So let's take a, a closer look at these three commands. The first one, repent. 
need to get the bullhorn out, right? Repent! This word gets a really bad rap, and it can be used like that. It can be used with a finger pointed instead of like, guys, look at this, repent! <laughs> what this word, uh, the ideas inside of it, it re- this word repent, it requires a decision to change directions. It means you were going one way, probably your way if you're repenting, a way or a way that humans made up, and we turn around from brokenness, from dysfunction, from, from selfishness and pride, and we turn and go God's way, and we go towards God's direction. This word repent means that if we are packing uh, a bag for our journey, we don't just uh, fill the bag up with all the stuff we want to bring in and go, ooh, is there, is there room for Jesus too? No, repent means we put Jesus in the bag. He's not just an add-on or an afterthought. Repent means that we have the humility to confess. We got lost. Maybe we never even knew where we were in the first place. But we, we confess and say we were going the wrong way and now we're going the right way. See, repent, it's not a bad word. It can be a good word. And believe this, this word believe in there has this, this connotation in it, especially in the original language of a, a personal trusting that we need to rethink reality. That in my experience, I've had experiences with Jesus through prayer, through going through difficult times, through Jesus making himself real to me through other people at strategic times in my life. That's why I've experienced it and I believe it. Like when we believe we personally trust and and have experienced rethinking reality and saying, oh, the world says to do this to get ahead. The world says to do this to have peace or happiness. But I'm turning away from that. And I've experienced the joy that comes from knowing Jesus. But it's much more than a mental exercise, this kind of belief. It's not an intellectual assent to orthodox beliefs. Like it's, It's this holistic thing because you, you experience Jesus who calls himself the truth and it changes the way you live and it changes the way you see the world, but it's from the inside out. It's not this earning thing where you're trying to mark off a, a, a spiritual checkbox or, or, or a little tally mark. No, it's, it's an experience of God's grace and realizing that you matter because God says you do. It's like this deep down in our gut feeling that we know it's true. And then then you have to act on it once you experience God's grace. And the third one is, come follow me. Like, it's so easy to, to think like that Christianity is just about do's and don'ts, don't be naughty, and believe the right things. But Jesus' invitation to, to Simon and his brother is the same to you and me. Come follow follow me. And in that is the idea of imitating the life of Jesus. In that is the idea of exchanging all the things that we want and reorienting what we want towards what God wants and what God cares about, what God thinks about this planet, the people in it. Um, the, it's really tied into our will, our heart. And Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And we imitate Jesus with that when we follow Jesus and say, God, even the things I want, I'm submitting to you. 
and I take a pause before I say this, God, mess with the stuff I want. It's a dangerous prayer to pray. But God, God, not my will, but your will be done. That is so countercultural for those of us, especially that live in America. It's all about what we want so many times, the, the, the advertisements. I was thinking of that your way, right away at insert the, um, the fast food company's name. They didn't pay for us for product placement, so I'm not giving it to them. Your way, right away, right now. That's the culture we live in. But Jesus says, mm, my way is not the fastest way. And if you're going to follow me, you don't realize it. You are going to get what you want, eternal life, uh, peace, contentment, joy. But initially, it's not going to be your way right away, right now. We follow Jesus first, not our cultural norms. A little bit of a refresher uh, in John 14, verse 6. Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, uh, to circle back to the way, just to, to, to try to create a definition. The, way is, it, the word is a noun uh, designating a road that can lead to a destination. But it's also a metaphor. It describes not just the way to go, but it's also and how we go on the way, no matter where we go. It's the way we talk, the way we treat our kids, the way we post online, what content we take in online, the way we worship, the way we eat, the way we work. All of this is supposed to be the Jesus way of life for us to experience the fullness of everything God has for us. And it's possible to experience that even during tough times. So we've got the Jesus way on one hand, and we have the American way on the other. And I don't mean to, I'm patriotic, I love where I was born, all that stuff. I'm talking about our culture, like the things that are just normal in our culture. I wanna contrast those, the American way with the Jesus way. The American way is, hey, Buy as much stuff as you possibly can. <laughs> Fill your garage up. Um, I think it's, uh, it's not just a California thing, but it's an everywhere thing. Oh, can you park your car in the garage? Oh, no, I haven't been able to park in there for years. What's the garage for? It's for all my stuff. <laughs> what happens if you fill your garage up? We get a storage unit. I don't mean to poke at you too much, and, and there's no judgmental, judgy thing here, but I'm just rethinking this. Everything, there's nothing in our culture, hardly at all, besides a little tiny minimalism movement that says, oh, you don't need as much stuff. But the Jesus way is, live simply. So not, not to deny yourself or to get off into some sort of masochistic poverty thing, but Jesus wants us to live simply so we have margin in our lives, of time, of as some extra money so we can bless other people. Uh, the American way uh, props up, oh, that's a self-made millionaire, a self-made man. But the Jesus way is, is with community, uh, with depending on other people and depending on God for our daily strength, our daily sanity. And the Jesus way is the way to go. So what's the benefit to following Jesus? Because uh, we see that it's countercultural, but I want us to just take a moment to think about what it might look like. What 
What does a life of following Jesus radically, imitating him, taking Jesus at his word, and, 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 and trying to do it? Well, this verse I came across, my, when I was nine years old, my Sunday school teacher wrote this in my gift and award Bible at the end of the year. It was, it, but for me, it was like a Christian version of a participation trophy. Because I don't think I memorized any scriptures, but I did look at this one a lot once the Sunday school year was over. Uh, Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but who de whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatsoever they do prospers. Not like the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. When we follow Jesus, even though it's not easy, even though there are other influences in our culture saying, you don't have to do it that hard, you don't have to put that much effort into it. When we have when the, this in our mind that we're going to follow Jesus, one of the outcomes is that Psalm 1 life, regardless of our circumstances. We can live a life that's grounded and stable. Just as I was reading that now, seeing that, that image of a leaf that does not wither, that's what it's promised. That's the benefit Jesus promised us, even though we, we take the harder path. Even in the storms, God will be with us and God will prevent us from withering and being blown all over the place. When we follow our own path, we wind up leading unproductive and insubstantial lives. When we follow our own path, we wind up being blown about by the circumstances of our lives, tossed around by, by our whims or, or how we feel that day. When we follow the path of Jesus, we are grounded into something that is bigger than the world around us. Jesus talked about how, how narrow this path is. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. So, good grief, Mike. Why are you hitting this way thing so hard? <laughs> I, think, I think you can just ease up on it. I'm hitting it hard because we care for you. We, we're hitting it hard because there are too many ways in our culture, too many teachings out there that says the truth is somewhere inside yourself. You just got to find it or, or just follow whatever urges you have and don't suppress them at any cost. No, Jesus said, this is the best way for us to live. Uh, I'm hitting this so hard because uh, when I followed Jesus through difficult times, I've experienced the benefit of having what scripture calls the peace that surpasses all understanding. This is a big deal and it's the best way for us to live. Yeah. And if, if we don't follow Jesus, we're going to get lost. Lost in life. 
lost in general, literally lost. Like we need this, like the Jesus way is a compass so we can orient ourselves in such a rapidly changing world. There's too many ways out there and this isn't a new thing. Uh, the, the ancient philosopher a few hundred years ago, Voltaire said, God made man in his own image and man returned the favor. All ways don't lead to God. All ways don't lead to your personal fulfillment. The, the way that you can choose for yourself and make up what's right or wrong for your own self, that doesn't lead to happiness. Yeah, but when we read things like this, uh, sometimes we can forget that we, we do reach out for a God that we can just understand. We all want, if we're really honest, we'd love to have a God that we could predict. It would be awesome to have a God that we have all figured out. And with our broken nature, we'd love, if we're really honest, to have a God that we can control. But we don't. We serve a God. We live in a world created by a God that says, come follow me. If you make up your own path, it's going to lead to destruction and I'm going to lead you to life. That's, that's the challenge. <laughs> that's the invitation, actually. Come follow me. God's not gonna twist your arm. God's not going to, to force us and compel us. What it means to come follow Jesus is to, to let go of all the ways that we've tried to be in charge. We let go of all the ways we've tried to be our own navigator. We have a navigator. We have the destination. And the journey is not only following the path Jesus walked, but walking how he walked. You know, I was thinking um, about hiking. I love hiking, and I'm totally an amateur hiker. And... Um, is often happens when I listen to a, a sermon, I think of like, oh, so-and-so needs to hear this. Have you ever done that? If you're really honest about it, you probably have. But I was, and I was hiking with my daughter, this is a couple years ago, uh, here in California in Ice House Canyon Trail. It's a, it's a fairly easy beginner trail, but it was snowy. And I was watching at the time, my daughter was eight, and she's like a little mountain goat. It's not fair, just yeah, just all over the place, ice, no big deal. And I was watching her walk so much that, that I wound up tripping, I wound up slipping, I had a couple of bruises, and my kid was totally fine. But as we're, as we're following Jesus, I want us to take some time to, to think about how we're walking. How, what's, how are we walking? Yeah, the direction, we, we think about that, but, but how are we handling ourselves on the trail of following Jesus? I have a friend who is like a, a legitimate hiker that goes on the, the, the mountain climbing expedition type things, 12,000 feet minimum. And I remember him telling a story about needing a guide to go on an, a really excruciating hike. The kind, of, the kind of journey where they had to practice unpacking and repacking their gear because they were going to have to do it so many times uh, on the tops of these mountains. And uh, the guide came through as he was unpacking his stuff and his guide started editing. Oh, you don't need these extra t-shirts. You don't need these extra socks. And he's just taking, you don't need this tool. And the guide was totally taking so much stuff out of his pack. 
And the guide was saying, you're not going to need that on the trail. And if you have that with you the whole journey, you're going to mess up your back and you're not going to enjoy the hike at all. You don't need this. And I feel like Jesus is taking me through a season of saying, you've got some stuff in your bag that you don't really need because the stuff in your bag affects how you walk, even if you're going the right direction. And those two things are interconnected. We've been in a, we've been in a, a week now of a challenge to read one chapter of John per day and, and think through what does it mean to follow Jesus. But there's one thing that I've noticed that I'm, I've taken out of my bag. And as lovingly as I can and as pastorally as I can, as you're reading through these and uh, these chapters of John, I want to take something out of your pack today. And for now, I don't want you to beat yourself up about it. I don't want you to get uh, judgmental. Be kind to yourself. Just make note of every time you think in, in your day-to-day living, if they would just, if he would just, if she would just, maybe at work, maybe uh, with, with a family member, maybe on social media, or, or you're watching the news, and you have that thought, if they would just take that out of your backpack, out of your emotional backpack, and set it to the side, and ask Jesus, how does this thought affect my walk? How does this, does this thought weigh me down? Does this thought, even more importantly, take my eyes off the trail? As Jesus said, Notice, notice the plank in your own eye before you notice the speck in someone else's. Because those, those kinds of thoughts are too heavy for you to carry around. We've got enough to worry about just making sure that we're following Jesus the right way. And, and some of those things, as you note them, they, there may be valid complaints or valid hurts or valid wounds. Absolutely. But if we're so focused on other people, we might lose focus on our own journey. So I want to take a moment today just to pray for you and pray for your heart and pray for whatever's in your bag, whatever, whatever, you've, uh, whatever you've been carrying around. And look, I, want to, I want to ask you that you would just humble yourself, maybe like hold your hands up like this as a way of saying, God, edit my backpack. <laughs> and there may be some stuff in there you need to lay down. There may be some stuff in there where you're like, oh, good, I've got this. Both of those are totally fine, but let's humble ourselves and, and prepare ourselves to follow Jesus even more resolutely and more intentionally. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, would you please, as only you can, for everyone who can hear my voice right now, will you please help us to, first of all, experience your love and grace in this moment. And as we examine our hearts in the presence of of, of you, the God who loves us, the God who calls us by name. God, we give you permission to search through our, the bags that we're carrying around. And if we're carrying around bitterness, unforgiveness, uh, selfishness, whatever it is, God, will you please edit that? We lay those things down at your feet right now. And in return, we receive your peace, we receive your grace, we receive your love. And God, please open our eyes, open our eyes to how you are walking, 
so we can imitate you and follow you really, really well. In Jesus' mighty and holy and powerful name we pray, amen. All right, my friends, thank you again for joining us. We hope you're having a great week. Whenever you're watching this, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at sgbic.com. If you have any prayer requests or, or, or just an update on how you're doing, we take those very seriously. We read every single one. And I hope you have just a wonderful week coming up and that you walk well. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. May God take everything out of your pack that is weighing you down and making you walk funny. And may the Lord give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.